0: Welcome to Saltier Politics, Julie. I miss you. I feel like we haven't talked for a while.
1: We haven't. You've been busy. I've been busy. Uh, lots of stuff has been happening, but happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, I know.
0: Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Tell me about your Thanksgiving.
1: It was very quiet because of COVID, um, but um, we were out in the country, and uh, oh, boy. So a couple of days after Thanksgiving, I want to say on Sunday, my my son had a friend from school come out uh, with his mom to come stay with us for the weekend, which was nice. Um, everybody, their school gets COVID tested once a week. So, you know, we know that they're negative and the mom took the test. So it was good. It was all, you know, after, after lots of testing. But bottom line, um, th- this house that we have out, out in the country has very hardwood floors. And it's also got a loft that's about 10 feet above the floor. Um, the boys are playing upstairs and, you know, we're trying to ignore them. And all of a sudden I hear this loud crash. What? I see my guy lying face down on this hardwood floor, having fallen off this loft, <gasps> um, literally face first <laughs> onto this hardwood floor, 10 feet, if not more, it's a, it's a pretty high loft No. Uh, yeah. and mercifully, it's just a miracle that he did not break anything. He didn't have a concussion. Um he was fine, but he looks like he just went seven rounds with Mike Tyson. It's unbelievable. What did you did he go to the Did you have to take him to the hospital or anything? What what the- well, no, because you know I'm afraid to take him to the hospital because first of all you'll wait about ten hours in the ERs, you know, and then everybody's got COVID there, so you don't really want to take him to the hospital unless you really need to. So I called his doctor. His doctor just said just keep an eye on him. He's fine. He's back to you know he's not back to playing sports yet, which is awful for him because you know how much he loves soccer and hockey. But he's he's limping around, but he's okay. Nothing was broken. Nothing was sprained. It's insane that he didn't break his nose, but he is just. He just looks like somebody just went seven rounds in a boxing ring with him on his face, which, you know, is, is awful. He thought it was really cool. And of course, his school friend immediately then on Monday goes back to school, tells all the other boys, you know, they all think this is like the best thing ever. So well, it's a then, badge of honor. Total badge of honor. So then Monday, which was a couple of days ago, I tell him that he can stay and do school from home. He can do his school. Luckily, has the option. He could either go in person or, or do remote learning, which is I realize it's such a blessing compared to what other people have to contend with, but anyway, he was doing remote learning, which I know from last fall is just not a good idea because i am I just I get frustrated listening to him, doing remote learning because I don't think he's participating enough or I don't think he's answering the questions quickly enough. anyway. The point is, I realized very shortly after um. The day begins that I, I just cannot be in the same room as him listening to him doing remote learning with his class because it just drives me crazy that, you know, he's not being a 47-year-old who knows the answer to all these multiplication questions. Um, I know I have no patience for it. So I go into my bedroom and I take my laptop. This is literally the day after he had his Mike Tyson situation. And I am on my laptop and then I hear him doing something and I get up abruptly because I'm totally frustrated at whatever he's not doing or doing. And I slam my laptop into my tooth, into my mouth. What, Joe. <laughs> shatter my front tooth. Literally half of it comes off. I look like Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. Oh my. Describe it. So now he looks like he won seven, uh, seven rounds in the rink with Mike Tyson. I look like I won seven rounds in the rink with Mike Tyson. I call my dentist. I say, this is insane. I can't walk like this. Fuck around like this. I need to come in. He says it's going to take a couple of days for for us to, you know, whatever they have to do cosmetically to fix this tooth. So I now have this, the reason I'm speaking, I don't know if you can hear, I I kind of have this weird Giuliani-esque lisp, I guess. (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. Um, But but, yeah, I have this little temporary ledge on my front tooth. But anyway, the point is, this week began insanely, I I sound like Rudy, I don't know again if you can hear it,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I look like Jim Carrey. I sound like Rudy Giuliani. Um, This is the most 2020 story I think I've heard from you yet.
1: I'm so ready for 2020 to be over. Anyway, the point is, if people see us, I mean, I I have a little, as I said, you can't really tell my tooth right now because I have a little temp thing on it. But um, if you had seen us on Monday, me with my front tooth totally busted, him with his face totally busted, you'd be like, did you guys get into a massive car accident? The answer is no. Completely unrelated, completely separate
0: instances, separated by 24
1: hours. But anyway, in a nutshell, that is the start of my week. How was your week? It could not have been like this. I hope. No,
0: mine was the opposite. Mine was super relaxed. I just went on a lot of walks and runs and worked out and really just tried to not think of the news for a few days, which was a welcome break. But I was... I wanted the, you probably know about this historical fact, but I was listening to a podcast and I actually heard about, have you heard of the Night Witches? They were the all-female Soviet pilot team who bombed the Nazis during World War II. No, I actually okay. didn't know. Okay. wow, well. I'm so excited. Okay. When I was hearing sure. this, I was like, I can't wait to do the pod to talk to Julie about this because right. this is, all right. So they were between 17- 17. Which podcast was this? Was this was <sighs> it, like it was called Her Story. Story. Okay, so they were between 17 to 26 years old. They would fly in planes that were too small to be detected by radars, and when they got close, they'd turn off their engines so they'd be silent and they'd drop their bombs. They were feared and hated so much by the Nazis that any German airman who downed one was automatically awarded the Iron Cross medal. Wow, oh. that's according to history.com. And then the women who not the women would not only fly missions and drop bombs, they would return fire making the Soviet Union the first nation to officially allow women to engage in combat. Fun fact, wow. didn't, didn't know I that. Did know,
1: I did not know any
0: of this. Men, all right, so they dealt with constant sexual harassment and frostbite. Um, yeah. Flying at night, they endured freezing temperatures, wind and frostbite. So it, in the harsh Soviet winters, the planes became so cold that just touching them would rip off their bare skin. And then Steve Prowse, the author of the screenplay, The Night Witches, which I'm definitely going to read now, said, uh, told history.com that the Germans had two theories about why these women were so successful. They were criminals who were masters at stealing and had been sent to the front line as punishment, or they had been given special injections that allowed them to see in the night. Wow. Is this not the coolest story?
1: That's a great story. Yeah, I had no idea. That's so funny. You know, I, um, I don't know if we ever talked about this, but when I talk, like, I was born in 1973 in Moscow. And so World War II, which sounds insane considering how long ago it seems that it was, but it wasn't that long ago that it had ended. Um, obviously, it ended in 1945. So less than 30 years later, when I was growing up, you would see, uh, like, the war was everywhere. I assume it's, it, it must be like what what it was like living in the South after the Civil War was over, maybe like in the 1890s. Because not much time had gone by since the Civil War was over. You still had all these veterans. You still still had all these, maybe, I don't know they, how quickly they rebuilt Atlanta. But all these, obviously, relics from the war. And the same thing here. I mean, you see all these, like, tanks. Um, I think, you know, the last time I went to Moscow, which was a, admittedly a very long time ago, you still had German tanks um, that were left on the outskirts of Moscow, which are now actually Moscow proper. That's how close, but back then, was still on the outskirts of the city. Um, and you'd see all these veterans, like you'd see all these people with missing limbs that I remember growing up and just the war was everywhere. And I, I, there's not a time in my life when I don't remember knowing about it because it was just, it was so ever present. It was something that was so talked about I mean, all the time, but I never heard the story, which is weird because I have to say my impression of the Soviets, um, both in personal experience and also from just speaking to family members and others is the women went to work. There was no like patriarchy situation where you know the men um, worked and the women stayed home. For the most part, everybody worked. Right. So it's not surprising to me that during the war, when all the men were at the front, as they would call it, um, the women were pressed into military service too. I'm not surprised at all about that.
0: But it's a great story. It's oh fabulous. my gosh! When I read that, I was like, Julie probably knows about this because you know, you have such a vast historical knowledge. I i don't that's wow but, but I this i to- i know i want to read more about them i started listening i'm like what the, the heck? heck is the night witches yeah and just how badass they were and because they were given like the worst equipment so like they even had to like use the inside of pillows to make their boots fit like to try to just like jam their feet in there and then i think it was the noise of the planes like the only time the germans could hear them was when they were super close and they sound like whooshing like brooms so that's how they got the night witch wow. that's so cool right i just thought this what a badass group of women that were thankfully not completely forgotten by history but i just like now i want to learn all the more
1: now if we're talking about russian witches <laughs> russian folklore russian fairy tales which i will i will see your brothers Grimm or your hans christian anderson and i will raise you russian fairy tales because in typical russian fashion they don't always end well like no. not kind of there's no Disneyfication in the soviet and the russian culture right no. um and there's this witch um very huge witch like in 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 russian folklore named baba yaga and baba yaga is lived um in the woods uh in a house in a in a little wood hut i guess that was on chicken legs and the point is she was like pretty evil, but also sometimes she was good, sometimes she was evil. And it's very interesting this whole like gender I don't want to get into a gender studies discussion of her, but um, she was kind of fickle in her evilness. She was sometimes, you know, sometimes she'd bail out the kids and sometimes she'd, you know, eat them and <laughs> other horrible ways. <laughs> you never know what you were going to get in a Russian fairy tale, which might explain a lot about my worldview on life. But, uh, <laughs> but I strongly recommend if you want to read about kick ass sort of women along the lines of what you're talking about and why probably the name Night Witches probably has even more resonance for Russians um, is to read about Baba Yaga because those fairy tales are, I mean, they're nominally for kids but, like, my son won't let me read them to him. He thinks they're too scary. He full-on refuses to ever engage in any aspect of Russian fairy tales that are (laughs) because, and he's eight, and, like, he still can't get over it.
0: I feel like that must train you at a young age to have, like, nothing phase you. Or just be like, yeah.
1: I, yeah. I mean, I think you just don't always expect, like, it's so funny because obviously, I don't know. Did you ever read, we're going off on a total tangent here, but did you ever read any of the grim fairy tales
0: as they were written? Uh, after the fact, like when I was much older.
1: Yeah. So the point is, um, like, Hansel and Gretel is a great example. They eat the witch at the end. Right. Like, the Germans, much like the Russians, it's the only two languages at least in the West, that I know that you know the Schadenfreude, the German word, yes. joy, the misery of others. Um, Russia has a similar word um, as Schadenfreude. I don't know. I mean, I, I speak French. I don't think French has a word for it. English doesn't have a word for it. I, I don't know whether any of the Latin languages, Spanish or Italian, um, have a have a word for it. But the Germans do, and the Russians do, and there's a reason why they both write really grim fairy tales. No pun intended, um, and. So it's interesting. I, I just find it, uh, I find it very fascinating about how that probably shapes the psyches of people in ways that I'm neither a sociologist or a psychologist to determine. But, um, you know, when I came here to the States and I was seven, so I, was, I didn't really go through the whole Disney phase. I think I might have been too old. But, like, watching Disney movies, I'm like, are you kidding me? And, like, again, my son – when he's watching these movies, he's like, oh, this is scary. This is scary. And I'm like, it's all going to end well. And he's like, did you ever see this? And I said, no, but I just know how this is. It always, in this country, it always ends well.
0: That's actually right. very interesting because, yeah, yeah, when I took started taking Spanish classes in high school, like I took a Spanish movie class where we would watch. And I was just unhappy because all these movies ended sadly. They did not have a Hollywood ending. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? I hate this. Because I was so, it was just so in my head about a happy ending, things were going to end well. And I started watching these foreign films like as a junior in high school and I was like, what the hell? Why but is this? Yeah, but at least you were in high school. Like, I guess
1: you would already read, you know, great literature and you understood right. it not, everything ends well. But for little kids who are raised here where, I mean, it always ends well. The, the worst thing that happens is obviously the kids always have parents who die early on so they can be out in the world by themselves. Um, scary world you know whether it's frozen or it's lion king or you know mm-hmm. i guess uh snow white um but the ending's always happy right it's a fairy tale ending i don't yeah literally a fairy tale ending russian fairy tales and actually german fairy tales i you know are not that way russian fairy tales sometimes they end well and really sometimes you just get eaten right <laughs> <laughs> it's over <laughs> um, so I don't know how we got onto the subject. It's actually I should give you I have this great book in English or Russian fairy tales. Um which I should give you because I think you'd enjoy them because they're they're uh, they're I guess uh, you
0: know. Like, I would absolutely grow, enjoy. When you that. grow up
1: in sub zero weather and <laughs> on a subsistence food allowance, um you know, they teach you early on that sometimes life isn't fair and <laughs> So I guess they're for kids. If you're Russian, for Americans, they're definitely not for American kids. At least my American kid, as I said, literally refuses to even be in the same room as these books.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Anyway, so well, let's move on. All right. So let's turn to the federal investigation of the potential bribery for presidential pardon scheme, which kind of goes into what we were talking about a few weeks ago. We know about this scheme because the chief judge for the federal court in D.C. ordered unsealed a heavily redacted court document. It's tied to an investigation that documents show may involve at least two people who acted as lobbyists to senior White House officials to secure a pardon or reprieve of sentence for someone whose name is redacted. The document is there now, public redacted form. It does not name President Trump or anyone potentially involved. I wanted to get, what do you think about this?
1: Well, you have a theory? I have a theory.
0: I want to hear your theory.
1: My theory is based in nothing whatsoever other than pure conjecture, but what the hell? that's why we do this pod. Um, I think it's left-parnass. I think it's, because it's, it's somebody, I believe, who's in the criminal justice system now. Um, and um, so I think it's, remember those two, Ukrainians or Russians, whatever they were, that got busted um, as they were flying to Austria. Yes. Those, those, those friends of Rudy. Um, I think it's them. And I think it's Rudy. Oh, okay. It's, it's been lobbying on their behalf. But... Well, I know Tiger King was going for a pardon, but probably not. If him. everybody wanted to be Tiger King, um, as you know, you and I vastly disagree on the merits of Tiger King <laughs> <laughs> in every way. But... Uh, He might just give it to Tiger King just because he thinks it's good. Who knows? I mean, he's such a weirdo. Look, he's talking about preemptively pardoning his kids and Jared Kushner.
0: Is that a thing? Can you preemptively pardon somebody?
1: I don't know. Um, I think that's up for debate. What you have to do. I don't know that you can preemptively, like prospectively pardon them. No, but I mean, retroactively pardon them for what? Right. I think you have to outline. For example, I believe that Ford pardoned Nixon for all crimes he committed as president, um, and without enumerating those crimes, and Jimmy Carter pardoned anybody who dodged the war in Vietnam from the 1963 or four up through 1970. I don't know whether it was five or whatever, um, eight I guess through seventy eight since he was when he left office shortly after, um, shortly after that. So, um, you know, I think you have to be somewhat specific, but it's never been challenged. I don't think that anybody went to court to challenge that Nixon pardon. Okay. The point is, I, you know, from what I can tell from these investigations, the Trumps have more jeopardy from what Tish James, Letitia James the attorney general of New York is doing and Cyrus Vance, um, the DA in New York City is doing what they do from the federal government, because I truly don't think Joe Biden is going to pursue um, any kind of justice when it comes to the president, President Trump or his family, which you and I have talked about before. I vastly, vastly disagree with this whole notion of we have to unite the country. Um, you know, you need a truth and reconciliation commission here. Mm-hmm. And I think Bob Barr needs to be investigated for the way he ran ran the Justice Department. And it's not a matter of we go after our political enemies. It's that we have never had a president like this. We just never have had a president like this. Nixon came close, which is why he got a pardon. But we've never had anything like this. And it is it is because Nixon got pardoned that there is this notion among people like Donald Trump that I can get away with anything I want because I'm the president. And as Nixon so famously said, if the president does it, it isn't illegal. And as the, as this president, Donald Trump's attorneys have argued in the Supreme court. Yes. In fact, if he went and murdered somebody today as president, apparently they believe that he would have an immunity to do that. You cannot, that's no, nobody's above the law, right? Nobody's above the law. And, uh, So I believe that Joe Biden does need to investigate President Trump um, or not. He doesn't need to do it. But the Justice Department does, because there are plenty of people, including Robert Mueller's number two, who said that there's no question that Trump obstructed and that their work was tremendously impacted by the fact that people would not cooperate in anticipation of a presidential pardon. I also, by the way, and I've said this for years, I said this going back to Bill Clinton pardoning Mark Rich, I have a truly, I know it's a part of the Constitution, this is something in the Constitution that needs to be repealed. I have a real issue with the presidential pardon. And when a jury of your peers indicts you and convicts you, this whole noblesse oblige, this whole draw just in your notion that we have from the Middle Ages in France and in England where the King comes in and and because of the King's magnanimity decides to spring you out of jail or decides to right these wrongs. No, 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 no. He's not any more special than the rest of us. And when a jury of your peers votes to convict you, you go to, you, you suffer the consequences. Right. I mean, like, let's look at Charlie Kushner, Jared Kushner's um, father who went to prison, right? Indicted by then Attorney General Chris Christie. This is not some Democratic witch hunt. Um, Although, ironically, back then, Charlie Kushner was a humongous Democratic donor. Um, Went to prison, served his time, and is out. He will probably, I assume on the way out, probably get pardoned by Donald Trump. But why? A jury of Donald Trump's peers indicted him, convicted him. Oh, sorry, of Charlie Kushner's peers, indicted him. Grand jury indicted him, convicted him. He served his time. He's out.
0: He, it's done. It's over. That's a very good point. I, I, I never thought of it like that, but it, it's true. It makes you kind of you, you become the judge and the jury, which no one, no one should transcend that role in American society.
1: And what, I mean, look. George Bush pardoned Casper Weinberger and a whole bunch of people who were involved in the Iran-Contra back in 1988. I remember that, you know, on his way out the door. <clears throat> or as president, I should say, not on his way out the door. But why? I mean, we still as a result don't really have a reckoning for what happened during Iran-Contra when these people, in complete violation of Congress's intent, decided to, to engage in, you know, foreign policy without a license, for lack of a better word. Criminal foreign policy. you I know, mean, obviously the foreign policy of the country is up to the president, but in, in breaking law and get Mark Rich got pardoned by Bill Clinton on you know one of Clinton's last days in office why because he was a big Democratic donor there's no other reason for it I mean the guy had evaded taxes and was living in I forgot where Mirage uh, Monaco or some some Lichtenstein I think it was I think it was Monaco
0: the whole thing is very upsetting to me moving on to some. Half really good news, half still upsetting news. So the U.S. women's national soccer team settled part of its gender discrimination lawsuit. The proposed settlement with the U.S. Soccer Federation promises better travel and playing surfaces. So now the women will fly charter like the men and have comparable travel budgets. In most cases, they will not have to play on artificial turf. But it does not settle their demand for equal pay. The U.S. Soccer Federation still needs to recognize that women's play is equal to men's play.
1: Yeah. Uh, remember when I had lunch, was it last year, I guess?
0: Yes, uh, I was extremely oh, jealous.
1: Yeah, earlier this year with Megan Rapinoe and, and Sue Bird, um, her partner. Did they get married? They got engaged. They got engaged. Okay, so her fiancé, Sue Bird, who plays for the WM, um, NBA. And, you know, Megan Rapino talked about this to some extent, but Sue Bird was telling us stories about what they had to do and how they had to travel as members of the WNBA that I forgot where they were flying to. I think it was there. They they're flying to Argentina. And I think it took them either twenty-four or forty-eight hours, I forgot what it is. Um uh complete and utter third world ways of travel they would not charter a jet for them like they would for the nba if they were playing a demonstration game in argentina i think they literally had to take it to, uh, was it a 24 hour bus ride that's what it was it was either a 24 hour 36 hours some insane bus ride from i believe buenos aires to wherever they were playing like could you imagine you would never put lebron in that situation i think that ever. was actually the name that she used i think she actually said could you imagine if lebron james were treated this way
0: I mean, this is the WNBA. They could not charter a
1: plane for these women.
0: No, and, and the fact is that the WNBA is just, they're amazing on the Olympic stage. They're amazing athletes. They should be treated equal, but how they perform is incredible. And they're more consistent, I would argue, than the men. Um, and then also there's still the fact that the women, that it's not realized that women's play is equal to men's play. And the women are just dominant, the soccer players on, on the stage compared to the men. Uh,
1: they are. And, you know, you constantly hear about, well, the women aren't as good as the men. Well, you know, it's a totally different, it's not a different sport I mean, it's the same sport, but it's a totally different issue here. They are the best in their field. Right. Women's soccer in the United States is much better on the world stage than men's soccer is on the world stage. That's just a fact. Right. And when I think about the fact that, um, I think my son was a huge soccer player. I think knew who Megan Rapinoe was not from me. Cause you know, I don't know the first thing about soccer to begin with, but, um, but just from hearing it around before he knew who like, uh, you know, I don't know. Ronaldo was, right uh just because because she's american because she's a great soccer player and yet so you have somebody who really inspires not just obviously little boys but little girls in a mass massive way and this woman can't get paid with some uh, name, you name i mean i would love like my son again i have a son who really 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 isn't soccer i don't think he can name one american men's soccer player yet he can name her i mean that says everything He knows who Messi is. He knows who Ronaldo is. I mean, he knows who the big soccer players are. He knows Maradona just died. Um, He knows who the big, he knows who Pele was. I mean, he knows the big international soccer players. You know why? Because they're the best men's soccer players around. Um, They just don't happen to be American. She is the best female, one of the best female soccer players around, and she is American. Exactly. Yet she's not getting paid what men who, little kids whose names they can't, they don't know. Um, who play here are getting paid all right so what is making you salty this week julie um it's the typical republicans just are you know trump is apparently going to announce that he's running for election on election on inauguration day on january 20th so if you're these republicans all of whom want to run for something they all want to run for president right the josh hollies the marco rubios the All of these guys, they're still living in sheer abject terror of Trump. They still won't acknowledge that Trump lost this election. They're still going along with this fallacy that this election may have been rigged or may have been stolen or, you know, because they're so deathly afraid of Trump and they're so deathly afraid of Trump's base. Well, in their own self-interest, these guys should all get together, team up and say enough is enough and put a stake through this guy's heart. Strategically,
0: that it would strategically
1: be what they should do His political part, I should say, not obviously in any other way. Um, because otherwise, if they don't, you know, you really have only one shot at it. And unless you're Joe Biden, who apparently has nine lives, but <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if Marco Rubio wants to run when he's in his 70s. But the reality is Somebody's got to do this. Like They have to get together. Mitch McConnell, all of them need to get together and say enough is enough. And what's Trump going to do? He's going to go campaign against each of them?
0: Right. Give them a nickname.
1: Yeah, enough. And I think maybe they're thinking, okay, well, it's strategically in our interest to do this because we're going to rile everybody up for the midterms and we're going to get the Senate majority, you know, strengthen the Senate majority in two years or get the House majority back in two years um, if we keep the trump base all riled up thinking that the election was rigged and stolen and they, they may be right about that it may be a smart strategic decision for them to do never mind that it's completely unpatriotic but okay whatever um it might be the smart things for them to do politically but it's not the smart you uh, know in, in a sense for congress but it's not smart for them to do individually if each of them wants to run and they all do and i don't know if one of them just thinks well if i go along with trump's nonsense i'm gonna assume the mantle to trump you know if and when he gets indicted or if and when he, he, you know decides not to run or if and when um you know he passes away because uh, whatever i don't know under what scenario each of them thinks they're gonna pick up the trump mantle i don't
0: think that's easily replicated no and i don't think trump is willing to give over his mantle to anyone ever
1: no but i mean i don't know if they think that you know like like The whole prior generation, everybody wanted to be the next Reagan. I don't know if they just want to be the next Trump, but in reality, nobody actually ever won as the next Reagan. That's true. I mean, they just didn't. George Bush, I don't believe, ever really invoked Ronald Reagan when he was running, Um, and certainly Donald Trump didn't. So I don't know. Um, It's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to watch.
0: what's making me salty this week well you know my my state florida ron DeSantis he doubled down on his opposition to mask mandates school closures (laughs) and lockdowns the governor went as far as to call the closure schools during the pandemic quote the biggest public health blunder in modern american history and those who advocate for them today's flat earthers um Mind you, just yesterday, we can confirm that Florida is now the third state to surpass 1 million COVID-19 cases, reporting uh, yesterday 1,008,000 uh, cases. So, interesting so, topic. So, I'll say this.
1: I'm coming around to the notion that schools are probably the last thing to be shut down, um, because for two reasons. One is obviously transmission among, especially younger kids, um, maybe elementary schools, schools. Um, like New York City reopened its elementary schools, which is probably the only thing I'll ever agree with Bill de Blasio on. Um, but uh, so I, I, I am sympathetic to the notion that maybe schools, we need to revisit the notion of shutting down schools. Um, but to me, keeping bars and restaurants open, not having a mask mandate um, and pretending this disease does not exist is insane, especially in a state like Florida, which is both at once densely populated in places like Miami, um, and
0: really old. You <laughs> got a lot of seniors living in Florida. Right, um, and I and I completely agree with your point that I, I think it's stupid to. Cl- keep bars and restaurants open and close schools, I don't think that should happen at all. I think you close bars and restaurants first if you close them. And I think the whole also idea, what's the difference between closing them at 10 and midnight? I don't, where's the scientific data on that? Um, But again, I think that Florida in a place when you see people don't listen to, to laws or wearing a mask, like I think a fine on a mask, not wearing one is is much is is worth saving thousands of lives in a state where the lives are so you know old and at risk,
1: yeah, I mean, look, we are living in some crazy uh, I said this the other day, it's almost like this is the end of the age of reason yeah, it began it began very nicely in the eighteenth century. Um, late 17th century, I guess, and now it's kind of over. I mean, we're going back to the days of witches and potions. Yeah, some of this stuff is just not debatable. No. And you have what's crazy is there was an article I think it was in the New York Times or somewhere where you had anecdotes from nurses in the Midwest or the Upper Midwest. Um, I think in the Dakotas maybe, saying that there are people who are dying of COVID, literally dying in the hospital, oh. and their last words are, this is all a hoax. Like, what do you think you're dying of?
0: Yeah. You think you're going to be reincarnated, like, 20 minutes later as the same person, like, like but, nothing happened?
1: Or, like, what do you think you're actually, or the nurses, somebody gave this to you, inducted you with it in the hospital to make a profit? because the hospitals get more money if you die. Like it's the level of insanity has gotten crazy Mm -hmm. and I'm all for the first amendment, but there are news outlets like OAN and Newsmax um, and Fox for that matter that need to really take stock of what they're putting out there for profit because I guarantee you, Rupert Murdoch, and chris ruddy who owns newsmax all these guys are really taking massive precautions in their own lives
0: completely agree
1: and it's just you know and we know the precautions that fox takes oh right everybody's you know a lot of people are working remotely you know everybody's masked it's just it's, it's crazy but yet they're putting out there this kind of stuff and newsmax too and OAN is just a lot, you know, cuckoo land. So I'm not even going to discuss them, but that's, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I agree. It's crazy. And, and they're hearing it from people that these viewers take as gospel. I mean, right. as gospel.
0: I agree completely. It's, it's, it's not right. Um, but that's what I'm salty about. It pisses me off every day. Uh, because again, I think innocent people are, are dying. Or getting very sick, and their lives and families are changing forever because of it.
1: No question about it.
0: Um, Well, Julie, I hope your week ends better than it started. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing this weekend? Anything good? Uh, No plans as of now. All
1: right. right. Well, maybe you guys should come over for dinner. We'll talk about it.
0: Yes, please. All right. We'll talk soon, and
1: please get better. (laughs) I will. Hopefully, hopefully, bad things don't come in threes because I cannot take one more instance here. (laughs) No. No. All All right. right.